Welcome back to the This Is Brewer podcast. On this episode, we will be continuing our journey around the Shamrock Trails. Our next stop is the old post office. Also this week, we're going to talk to local musician Trudy Jane. However, we've pushed that back to next week. And so I'll catch up with Trudy next week, as well as Kay Stanley from Glenara Gallery. And we'll talk about the gallery then. Also on this episode, we'll continue tracking Prabod Mahotra's journey from the MCG to the SCG and see how he's traveling as well as where he plans to be in the next week or so. So with that in mind, let's get into it. I'm Dean Franklin and this is Burrower. Our next stop along the journey on the Shamrock Trail is the old post office. Dungog, Appin and Yass had post offices established in 1835. The first postmaster appointed for Yass was Edward John Abraham. Private arrangements were made to pick up and deliver the mail between Borough and Yass from the central location of Walton Store. Miles Murphy was contracted in January 1849 to carry the mail by horseback between Bynalong and Yass once a week for $28 per year. John Martin took over the run in 1852 for the increased sum of $136 per annum. Brewer had an unofficial post office established on the 1st of July 1854, becoming official on the 1st of May 1856. Pat Hurley was first placed in charge of the post office at $10 per annum and he conducted it from the Queen's Arms Hotel on the corner of Campbell and Farm Streets. Owen Hilly was contracted to bring the mail from Bonalong to Brewer in January 1856 for $350 per annum. After Pat Hurley's death in 1856, John Hurley took over the postal duties and their mail was sent once a week from February 1859 from Brewer to Reeds Flats via Hobbles Creek, Phil's Creek, Weo and Cowra by horseback. Alan Hancock had this contract in January 1861 for £60 per annum. Daniel Crowley commenced his duties as mailman in December 1860. His run was between Bora and Cowra via Marengo and Bombola for £135 per annum. Marengo had established a post office in 1859. Then in April 1862, Crowley had begun to carry mail between Bora and Lambing Flat on Mondays and Fridays. It was on one of these mail runs that Crowley was shot dead in 1863. A mail service to the Lambing Flat diggings had been established in early 1861 with Mr Harden, the contractor. The mail left Brewer at 4pm on th- Tuesdays and Fridays and arrived at 11am the next day. The mail left the diggings on Wednesdays and Saturdays at 6am. James Gary also ran a two-wheel mail cart twice a week in, in 1861 between Yass and Brewer via Bynalong for £240 per annum. Great difficulty was experienced with the mail cart, which often overturned due to the rough bush tracks and the creek crossings, and most of the time the cart was substituted with a pack horse. The coaches were frequently subject to damage and breakdown due to the conditions of these primitive roads. In September 1872, the mail coach overturned on the Brewer side of Marengo after the wheel became caught in a rut and hit a stump, throwing the driver out. He suffered severe head injuries and the coach was badly damaged. During the Bush Ranger era, the coaches faced the daily fears of being held up 
and on any of these roads and some were held up twice a day. The mail came directly to Boorowa from Yass in 1863, bypassing Bionalong, then on to Young, whose name was officially changed from Lambing Flat in January 1863. John Hurley had been in his, in his new Royal Hotel since January 1860, and he had built the adjoining three-room buildings in Brial Street, where he conducted the post office. A meeting was held in February 1861 at Brewer to petition the government to have the mail come to a direct route via Gunning and Rye Park, and then on to Moringo, to speed up the mail service. In 1862, the Cop and Co coaches began to take over the major mail routes, purchasing the contracts from the existing mail runs. Michael O'Neill became the postmaster of Brewer when he conducted his new store, the Post Office Bazaar, in March 1865. He resigned the position in April 1868 and John Hurley took over. The post office was moved in September 1868 and ran in conjunction with the telegraph office that had been established in 1866. Both were now located in the same building along with the Bank of New South Wales next door to the commercial hotel. This move by the post office created great animosity with the East Enders and resulted in meetings and petitions to have the post office returned to the East End of town. The telegraph and post office were amalgamated on the 1st of January 1870. This ceased in July 1871 when the post office was moved back to the east side of town into the store of Isaac Stevenson's, who was nominated as the postmaster by W.D. Campbell. From this move came one of the largest meetings held in Brewer in June 1870 at the courthouse to condemn the appointment of Stevenson as postmaster and of its location. The petition was signed by 200 people but to no avail. The post office was in Wentworth House in a room measuring 18 by 22 feet at the rear of the hall. Through the efforts of James Watson, MLA, a member for Brewer, who was well aware of Brewer's contribution to revenue, came the first steps in establishing an independent post office building, and a thousand pounds was granted in 1872 for its erection. In February 1873, a meeting was held in the town to secure a site for the post office, and the position near the courthouse was agreed on as the most suitable site on land that was reserved for public buildings. Mr Moyes, postal inspector, also agreed this was the most practical position. Tenders were then called for in November 1873 for the erection of the post office, but petitions and letters that were sent to the government from the opposing sides put a stop to any progress to the building. These years were notorious for the bickering that existed between both sides of the town, which created a community divided by religious, political and commercial differences. Each side of the town were attempting to secure a stronger hold for its own gains. The long drawn out dispute was finally ignored by the government and J.N. Ryan laid the foundation stone on the 18th of June 1874 for the combined post office and telegraph office. In a cavity under the stone was placed a bottle containing a copy of the Borough and News, Sydney Morning Herald and Sundry Coins. The speech delivered by J.N. Ryan on this occasion centred on the problems that the town was experienced by its behaviour. In June 1875, Stevenson resigned as the postmaster and Daniel Ryan Canane was appointed in his place. The post office and telegraph office were again amalgamated on the 15th of September 1875 back to the Marcus Street position. An assistant was employed to run the post office until it moved to the new building in Marsden Street. Daniel Canane, when he left Brewer in 1881, became the first postmaster and telegraph operator to be appointed at Cobra. He died in September 1897. The post office building was completed by early 1876 and inspected on the 4th of April, but as the building was not in a satisfactory state, the move into the premises didn't take place until Friday 26th of May 1876 and mail was first delivered to the post office the following day. 
The building then consisted of a large room in the centre and a small room with the postmaster's resident at the rear. In 1885, the large room accommodated the post office. After being renovated, the roof was, was covered with iron in 1890 and Tom Leslie made additions to the building which were completed in April 1893, costing nearly £500. These extensions were added on the south side of the original building and the post office and telegraph office were then moved into this section and the original post office and residence was combined for the postmaster's residence. A paling fence around the front and side of the block with self-closing swing gate was erected by July 1877. People adopted the bad practice of hitching their horses to the fence. At the rear of the post office was an old fence, broken and in rotten state, and it all allowed stray pigs, horses and cattle into the grounds to camp and deface the veranda of the post office. Letters were transferred between east and west of the town four times a week in 1876. John Murphy Jr. of Murphy's Store was employed as a letter carrier in 1890 for 15 shillings a week. An iron letterbox was placed under Wentworth House in July 1876 and in 1905 a letterbox was placed on the veranda of the Union Bank. This was moved to the corner of Brown and Court Streets in 1931. Another box was placed at the Central Hotel in 1912. The hours of opening in 1878 were 9am to 6pm, Monday to Saturday, and on Sundays 9am to 9.30am and 12.30pm to 1pm. Mr L.A. Tompkinson, the postmaster, planted ornamental trees in front of the post office in 1906. To conform with all pu other public bodies in Burrower, the Burrower Post Office changed to Burrower Post Office on the 1st of December 1914, which did not please the Municipal Council. This permanent building for the post office did not prevent the attempts of the East Enders to move it back to their side of the town. A petition was drawn up in 1915, but without any success. Instead, provisions were made for the sale of stamps at Walton's shop in Court Street, where a phone was soon to be installed. The land at the rear of the post office near the Catholic Church was sold in 1920. Installations to the post office were electricity in 1925, a stamp vending machine in 1956, and an additional 18 private mailboxes in 1959. The flag was flown daily from 1963 at the request of the Prime Minister. In 1985, Brewer Post Office was one of seven post offices in the southern tablelands to pioneer a new accounting scheme. In 1921, a campaign began that would last for 43 years to have their now congested and dilapidated post office replaced with a new building. The walls contained dampness and the mail was sorted in the street. The following year, it was decided that the post office would be improved or a new one built on the more central site. Then in 1929, a wayside shed was built to sort the mail. Post office facilities were refused for the east end of town until agitation resulted. In April 1950, for a non-official post office and EJ private store near the old Catholic church. The prospect of requiring a new post office failed after inspections were made in 1936 by officials and declared that there would be no new building. Reflooring and ventilators above the floor level were added that year, but this didn't appease the agitators, and even the fence was then described in 1946 as the worst in the state. Petitions were placed before the Prime Minister in 1947 for the renewal of the building, and in October of that year, a new post office was promised by the Postmaster General as soon as materials are available. Even the assurance by local member Arthur Fuller in April 1948 of a new modern post office sounded convincing, as did the reinsurances given by the Cabinet Minister when he visited Borough two months later and by the Postmaster General on his visit in April 1951. 
But in 1964, it was made quite clear that there would be no new post office and there was no point in the Postmaster General receiving any deputations from the Council as they would be ignored. A total upgrading of the post offices throughout the state in 1988 resulted in Burra being allocated $21,000 for its office. Amongst those who had given long service to the Postal Department were David J. Elliott, who came from the Young Post Office to replace Daniel Canane and spent 23 years as Postmaster. He left in 1904 for the Chatswood Post Office. William Canty, who had spent over 20 years as a mailman between Burra and Cowra, was given a Ford car in 1926 for his run by the generosity of his friends and the people on his run. He died in 1928 at 48 years of age. During the 1980s, David Hyde received a medal for 25 years' service in the post office. He was also commended on his outstanding public relations. So that's a brief history of Stop 4 on the Shamrock Trails, the post office. Now, there's a lot more history in that building with a telegraph station, the telephone exchange, and so on. And there's also a lot of history about other post offices in the area. And that's something we will continue to delve into over the next couple of months. The last couple of weeks, I've been speaking to Prabhat Mahotra as he's made his way through Burra on his trek to the SCG raising funds for the Jane McGrath Foundation. I haven't been able to speak to Prabhat on the phone this week. However, he did message me last um, during the week to say that he is still on track and he had a lovely meal with some friends of mine in Bundanoon, Pam and Brian Ruckley. They put him up. They had wonderful conversation and Prabod mentioned that he had, hadn't feasted like that in quite a while. So there was a lot of food available to them and he was able to continue on his journey. Now we're going to continue to track Prabod over the next week. He's currently on schedule to be in Picton by this afternoon with his plan of being in Sydney by New Year's Day, he's still on track. He will then get to the SCG for the opening ball of the third test which is the 3rd of January. Um, people can still continue to track Prabob's progress. I'll put a link in the show notes, and they can also continue to donate to his cause. This week at the Services Club, they have raffles tomorrow night. Members' draw is $5,000, bonus draw is $500, and the night owl draw is $5,000. On Saturday night, Shane Kerr is back performing again. On Sunday... They have a member's draw of the draw is now $3,950. Next week on Wednesday, they have general exercise, bingo, and the member's draw again is at 7 p.m., and that's now at $550. There'll continue to be a member's draw on Wednesday nights until one of the Friday night raffles has gone off or both Friday night raffles have gone off, so keep your eye out that. Coming up in the new year... At the Services Club, on the 6th of January, they have Nessa Quinn. 13th of January, they have Craig Giles. 20th of January, they have Terry Leonard again. I'm hoping to get Terry on. He comes to Brewer quite often, so maybe we can have a chat to him. And then on the 27th, they have Last Chance Honey. So they've got entertainment lined up for the next two months at the Services Club. On the 3rd of February, they have the Tony Haley duo. 10th of February is the Dean Weston trio. 17th of February, they have Double Tones, and the 24th of February, Platinum Duo play again in Barua, and they're always a good show to watch. On next week's episode of This is Barua Podcast, I talk to local musician Trudy Jane about her latest single, as well as other things that she is looking forward to in the new year. I'll also talk to Kay Scarlett, 
who is the owner of Glenara Gallery, about the gallery, the plans and the work that they're doing at the moment and also a potential finish time of when the works will be completed. And in the coming weeks, I'll be talking to the wind farm. I'll be talking to Justin Fleming of Fleming's Real Estate about Donahue's estate, and we will continue our journey around Burra. This is Burra is now on Instagram and TikTok. Just go at this is Burra, and you should find us. Until then, have a great week, and we will see you around Burra. This is Burra Podcast is hosted and produced by me, Dean Franklin, here in the JD Podcast Studio in Burra, and cover art is by Cooper Downing.